0: Well good morning everybody! I hope you enjoyed that wonderful reading of the Christmas story from our children. What a sweet beautiful way to start Christmas Eve and what a wonderful way to tell the Christmas story. Good job everybody! So proud of you all! Well welcome and good morning. Like I said if we haven't met my name is Alex and I am one of the pastors here at Life Church Livonia and I'm really grateful to be spending my Christmas Eve with you today. If this is your first time here, I just want to say welcome. And uh, we've been expecting you, we've been praying for you, and I'm so glad you're joining us here this Christmas Eve. Christmas is always such a wonderful time of year, isn't it? I mean, I love the snow, although this year we didn't quite get there, but that's okay. It's early in the winter still. I'm going to have a little forgiveness in my heart as a pastor, you know what I mean? But I love the snow, I love the lights, I love the carols, I love the candles, I love how the light contrasts with the dark, and the warmth contrasts with the cold. I love sitting with a cup of coffee in front of a fire watching it snow outside. I love this time of year. I love getting together with my family and slowing down around Christmas. And you could say it's the most wonderful time of the year. See what I did there? See what I did there? But Christmas has its challenges too. It's not all just carols and candles and beauty. For some of us, this is the first Christmas we are celebrating without a beloved family member. For others, our health is dwindling. And we look back on earlier years with fondness when it wasn't so painful. For others, Christmas comes with added financial strain or guilt or shame about not being able to provide a certain thing you wanted for your family. Some of us have awkward Christmases because it brings us together with people we would really rather not see, and it can be a tense affair. For others, Christmas brings up just how lonely we are, and we wish we had someone or more someones to celebrate with. Those are just our personal struggles. That's not even including wondering about how we can sing things like peace on earth with a war in Israel, a war in Ukraine, a housing market that's so broken, and an upcoming presidential election that's going to be volatile. However, I believe that we celebrate Christmas not in spite of all these things that are difficult, but in some ways because of them. And here's what I mean by that. I just want to ask, put in the chat, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Is it the hot cocoa? Is it Santa? Is it carols? Is it candles? Or... Is it presents? (laughs) I know for me, it's the presents. I love presents. I love giving presents. I love getting presents. I really love giving them though. My favorite is to do like big gifts where I get like seven or eight people all in on one gift and we surprise somebody and they're like, I didn't think this was possible. And you're like, I know, but it's here. You know, that's my favorite. I love that whole thing. I love the whole thing. But uh, one of the fun parts of getting presents It's like, you know, when you wake up on Christmas morning and there's the presents under the tree and you're like sussing out the shapes, like, oh, okay, that one's probably a book, okay? The the bag's probably the socks, but what's the big box? You know what I mean? And you go over and you try to kind of shake it, which is, I don't always recommend, by the way. But you try to shake it and you're trying to figure out what's inside there. I don't know how it is in your family, but in my family, we didn't open presents right away. And as a five and six-year-old, that was agonizing. Okay, we would get up, and we would do breakfast, boring, and then we would you know, take a picture together and sing the Christmas story, and then finally we could do presents. But in my family, we only got three presents because it's Jesus' birthday, and we're not getting more than the birthday boy, you know what I mean? So we got three presents, and we had to take turns opening them. It was so hard to wait. It was so hard to wait. But as I've gotten older, I realize that waiting to open presents is actually a big part of the meaning of Christmas. Through this Christmas season, or in the words of church history, this Advent season, we've been looking at the birth of Jesus through the eyes of an Old Testament prophet named Isaiah. Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus' birth, yet he prophesied about Jesus' birth. For example, he was the one that saw that Jesus would be born of a virgin as a sign from God. Like seeing a Christmas present under a tree but not being able to open it, Isaiah saw that Jesus would come down to earth from heaven and that his presence on earth would bring presents to us. See what I did there? like that? See what I did there? In the first week, we talked about how when Jesus came down to earth, hope came down to earth with him. That Isaiah saw that Jesus' presence would bring the hope that everything that's lost will one day be made new. The hope that all wrongs will one day be made right. The hope that one day true peace will reign between people and in nature and in everything that exists. And hope is one of the gifts under our Christmas tree. In the second week, Josh Merriweather from Life Church Southfield, who's also preaching next week, by the way, woo, Josh, he talked about the fact that when Jesus came to earth, joy came to earth with him. Isaiah said that Jesus' birth will be a great joy for all people. And our kids have been learning that, and Life Kids as well. They learned a few weeks ago that we can have joy because God sent Jesus and his love is for everyone. We have joy because God loves us. And we have joy because God has come to save us from our sins, which have deeply broken the world and deeply broken us. Week three, Don Aurel, Johnson from Life Church, Auburn Hills, talked about how when Jesus came down to earth, peace came with him. That Jesus came to bring peace with God. He came to bring peace from God. And he came to bring peace through us. And we talked about in Life Kids that we can have peace because God has a plan. Peace is a gift under our Christmas tree. And today, we're talking about how when Jesus came down to earth, he didn't just bring hope, he didn't just bring peace, he didn't just just bring joy, he also brought heaven. And heaven is the final gift under our Christmas tree this Christmas. Now the reason I say these things are gifts under our Christmas tree is because we can see hope and we can taste joy sometimes and we can feel peace But they're passing like presents under a christmas tree we can see their shape we can shake them we can hear what's inside but we don't fully experience them we taste peace and joy and hope but then a loved one dies but then the family falls apart but then war breaks out but then people can't afford to live but then we get evicted but then we get bullied at school, but then the sickness we have gets worse, but then the divorce certificate comes in the mail. And what's amazing is that even though we know these kinds of things happen, we still have something inside of us that when they do happen goes, no, 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 this is not the way it should be. This is wrong. This shouldn't be here. Something's amiss, something's awry. This isn't the way the world is supposed to be. There shouldn't be pain, there shouldn't be grief, there shouldn't be loss, there shouldn't be death. And what's fascinating is, even though we've never seen a world without death, we've never seen a world without pain, we've never seen a world without war or starvation or greed or evil, we expect to see it, don't we? We expect that things should work out in the end. We expect that somehow good should triumph over evil. We expect that it should be different. Why do we expect that? Why do we expect this perfect world that we've never seen evidence of? Well, C.S. Lewis, in his book Mere Christianity, writes this. He says, Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for desires exists. A baby feels hunger while there's such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there's such a thing as water. If I find myself in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably, earthly pr- pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care on the one hand never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other hand never to mistake them for something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or image. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that other country and help others do the same. The Bible says that God created the world perfect and that God created the world good and that God created the world beautiful with no death, with no pain, with no tears. Heaven and earth were united, one place. But the first human beings, Adam and Eve, decided to live outside of God's design. And we call this sin. When they sinned, it didn't just break their design. It broke the design of the whole world. Like dropping a Christmas ornament onto the ground, everything shattered. Everything broke. And heaven and earth were separated. But when Jesus was born, the kingdom of heaven started coming back to earth. In the book of Revelation, we see a vision of heaven fully coming to earth, but it's not fully here yet. We catch glimpses of heaven coming to earth when we see our newborn baby for the first time. We marvel at the mountains and the sunsets. We taste it on a summer breeze and in the company of people we dearly love. We feel it sometimes at church when we hear each other singing or have a revelation about God's word, but we just get glimpses this kingdom of heaven, this perfect world we long for, it is coming, but it's not fully here yet. So every Christmas, we revisit these presents, and we look at them under the Christmas tree of our life, and we touch them, and we wait in excited expectation for the day when we can one day fully open them when Jesus returns. So this Christmas Eve, I want to pause And I want to remember Jesus' coming and look forward to his return. And the kids did a wonderful job, but I just want to pause and and reread the Christmas story. Really taking it in is, this is the moment when heaven began coming to earth. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place under Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and everyone who went to their own town to register. we pause to remember that God is bringing heaven down to earth. Like gifts yet to be opened under the tree, peace on earth, the hope of a world made new, joy for all people, and heaven began coming at the birth of Jesus. And even though these gifts are not fully here yet, the day when we get to open these presents is closer today than it was yesterday. God is bringing heaven to earth. But he's not doing it through the right political party or the the favorite presidential candidate. He's not doing it through the perfect financial system or the right health conditions. God wants to bring heaven to earth in you and in me by his Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus. And then he wants to bring heaven through you and through me this Christmas. God wants us to bring hope us to bring peace, us to bring joy this Christmas by the power of his son as he brings hope in us and joy in us and peace in us and heaven in us this Christmas, transforming us from the inside out so that we might become a totally new person. So as we close today, I'm just wondering, where do you need heaven on earth this Christmas? How is God wanting to change you so that you might be a heaven bringer this Christmas? Is it in your use of anger? Is it in your patience? Is it in your trust in him? Is it in your faith? Is it a shift in focus towards the needs of others and off of my own desires? Is it an increased servant's heart? Is it a surrender? Jesus came down to earth, but has he come in your heart? Our transformation into a new kind of human is not the result of just gritty self effort and willpower. It is a miracle of God's Spirit that comes when we acknowledge that when Jesus came to earth he lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sins. That all the things that I've done wrong that are owed to me a punishment. Jesus took my punishment and He put it to death on the cross that he might heal me and heal the world. And then he rose from the dead to introduce me to the Father and invite me into the very relationship my soul was designed for. And he invites me and you into a new way to be human beings this Christmas people who are new from the inside out, who don't fake peace, don't fake hope, don't fake joy, but can live in this already not yet tension of having the joy and the hope and the peace of God inside of us, even though the world doesn't reflect those things yet. And this Christmas, I just want to ask you, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you surrendered your sin to Jesus? Have you surrendered your hope and your peace and your joy to Jesus? Because Jesus has come from heaven to earth this Christmas. But has he come in your heart? And I just want to pray with you right now. In that stirring in your heart, I just want to invite you to open your heart up to that and to take a step towards God today. So Father, we just come before you. And Lord... We look at the brokenness in the world and we just confess, it's not just the world that's broken, it's me. That I do things I know are wrong. Lord, I do things I know I shouldn't. I look for satisfaction and wholeness and fullness in ways that are contrary to your design. And Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And God, I pray that you would forgive me for my sins. Lord, I believe that Jesus died to take my sins away, and I believe that he rose from the dead to make me a new person. I pray, God, that you would bring heaven on earth in me and through me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, show me the purpose that you have made me for. Heal me in the deepest parts of my heart, Lord, and transform me from the inside out, sending me on mission that I might partner with you and bringing the hope and the joy and the peace of heaven on earth this Christmas. By the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If you just prayed with me, please reach out to us via our digital bulletin so we can help you take your next steps in following Jesus. Thanks for joining us this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, and I cannot wait to see you digitally only next week as we uh, hear from Josh Merriweather. Merry Christmas, and may God bless you.